Hello, what is up guys? It's been a minute. I mean, we missed one week from moving, but it feels like it's been so long since I chatted with you guys. I am super excited to be back. Let me tell you, it has been a month. I am currently sitting on my closet floor because one, I was like, I'm not sure that my other roommate who works from home is really going to want to hear in the background me recording a podcast about sex uh, because who knows what kind of meetings he's going to have. And also there was like someone weed whacking. So I was like, okay, indoor closet, great acoustics. That's where it's going to be. So yeah, I finally moved out of my sister's, which I'm really sad about. Like I miss her and she, she texted me yesterday that the dog keeps going into my room looking for me at night and I'm like <gasps> heartbroken over that. Um, but this will be like a good new chapter, you know, can't live with your little sister forever. I can't just like be that loser who is just mooching off of everyone. And I know that this will be a good chapter because I'm in a much better location to go do things. I'm in a much better area in terms of just getting to places. So Ubers will be much cheaper. There's more things I can walk to. So that's really exciting. Life updates otherwise. I don't know. No dating updates. Dating sucks. It's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just out here living our best life. I guess it's gonna really be a hot girl summer. So that's that. Um, and you know, it's supposed to be a, this was supposed to be like a sex and dating podcast, right? Sex, drugs, and feminism type of thing. And well, I really don't do many drugs, but, um, I really haven't been having much sex either and I haven't been going on dates. So it's like we need to get out and get some information and action for the plot. And I feel like like the only update to my dating life is uh, that I bought a new vibrator. That's the excitement. I feel like I should do just a little review, vibrator review, and we're going to get into that today. But I was thinking, I was writing this out, I said, what is the hangry equivalent to being horny, right? Like, you know, when you're hungry and you start to get angry, um, what is that when you're really horny? And I wouldn't say I'm starting to get angry, but I'm just like, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we had to buy a new vibrator, which honestly segues perfectly into today's topic, which is how to have better sex. And I'm going to totally preface this by saying I am not like a sex expert by any means, uh, but I would say that I have greatly, vastly improved the sex life I have been having when it, it does happen. <gasps> I sound like a terrible dude. Like if a dude was saying this, we would so be judging him. Um, but I have a sex drive now, so I'm leaning into it. Yeah, so I am by no means a sex expert. <laughs> The thing is, is that I'm willing to talk about it. I'm willing to be open about it. I think you'll learn from some of the stories I have. And I think the more people we can just talk about and like, what's normal for you? What have you tried? And like getting out there and having these conversations, the easier they start to get. I have though gone from, you know, a year ago, not wanting to have sex at all, please no one touch me, to having a very healthy sex drive and to going from like literally having sex of how quick then can this be over to having sex that I really, really enjoy. I'm like, oh my god, best sex of my life I'm having lately. I'm also just gonna toot my own horn for a second, but I get a lot of compliments. I have a lot of people who are very satisfied. That, that sounds terrible. Not a lot of people. I'm not like sleeping with a lot of people, but I have people who give good feedback. 
they're satisfied. So I think that what I'm doing is working. And so I'm going to give some tips there. On the same note, though, I will go ahead and tell you, like, if you ask my ex-husband, I would say that he did not enjoy having sex with me, right? So I don't want to have sex with him. He didn't want to have sex with me. We weren't enjoying it. That's definitely going to be something we hit on today. Also, I shouldn't even have to point to this on the podcast as to making it a point of having better sex, but you need to be an enthusiastic and willing and exciting participant. Otherwise, like, no, we should not be having sex, like, because we feel like it. We feel, because we feel like we have to. And that's kind of even just leaning into one of the most basic things. Like, if you want to have better sex, like, be more vocal, right? Talk to how it feels good. Moan a little bit. You, like, no one's ever had quiet sex and been like, that was really good sex. Unless you're kind of in public and then it's, like, a secret quiet. That that would be sexy. But anyway, we're going to go into some of my top tips to having better sex. And number one is going to flow easily is to pick better people. Pick better people to have sex with. <laughs> Honestly, I went and I saw my girlfriend do some stand-up last night and she was talking about how... She was telling her guy friend how she's just really horny being single lately, and the guy was like, just yell out the window, it's so easy for a girl, like, yell out the window, who wants to fuck, and, like, all these guys will come out, and it's like, okay, but that's not necessarily the guys we want to be having sex with, right? Like, quality still matters, but when I mean pick better people, I understand that's easier said than done because you're really not going to know someone's personality in the bedroom outside of the bedroom, but I think if you pick people who are willing to communicate, that is going to be so important. Someone who is not willing to communicate their feelings, someone who is not willing to open up, they're going to have blocks talking about sex as well. They are not going to sit there and if you can't talk about something that's bothering you, how do you think you're going to bring up being like, oh, you know, if you're going down on me, can like you do this instead? And like, I didn't really love that. They're probably not going to take that constructive criticism very well if they can't take the constructive criticism of like a normal day-to-day non-sex related conversation well. If you can't say like your dislikes or your likes openly, then that's going to be a problem. So like picking better people who are open to communication. Sex with Emily says this all the time. I can't claim this, but she says communication is lubrication. And I love that, right? The more you can talk about things, the better. Also, being able to talk about your sexual relationship early on. Don't feel like you have to wait until something's wrong or something is bad. If you can just start talking about the sex you're having after you have sex saying, hey, what did you really enjoy from that? Oh, I really liked when you did this. Or really just having those conversations before it gets to a point where you feel like you're having bad sex, but starting the communication early. And definitely some of the, I would say, relationships I've been having lately, they're that is like a common factor and that I've really openly spoken with them about our sex life and been very openly vocal about like, oh, I really like this. I really enjoy having sex with you. But I noticed as well, so I had been seeing someone for a few months and we were having really great sex. And then we kind of took a break. He goes to me a little bit, came back, gave him a second chance. And then I really noticed though that even though I know, I knew I had sexual chemistry with this person, I knew I was really going to enjoy it. Those like first three times that we had sex again, I was so nervous. I was so in my head. I didn't 
quite feel comfortable anymore because there had been a little bit of trust lost and there had been a little bit of, well, there wasn't necessarily that communication over ending, you know, ending that relationship. So it's like that kind of carried into the bedroom for me and we were able to get through it and it didn't happen forever, but it just was such a huge opener of like, wow, this is really where that lack of communication is showing up in how I feel in the bedroom. Pick better people, pick people who are willing to communicate with you. The other thing I've just really loved as well is I think that this is a going to lead into the next topic, but being able to talk about your sex life and like having texts about that, it gets you really excited during the day. And also, I will say too, though, I think that there is a line here, right, where you want to be having some communication with someone and you don't want it all to be about sex all the time because then you feel super used. But if you are someone who's willing to like have those conversations, the next tip is that foreplay starts outside of the bedroom. I've talked about this before, but I'm not going to lie. My favorite fucking thing lately is to take hot nudes. I don't take them for anyone. They basically just sit in my camera roll. (laughs) Um, But the other week, actually, I was showing my sister a photo on my phone and she accidentally swiped through and it went to this like little lingerie shoot that I did just for myself. And she was like, oh my God, is that for your OnlyFans? And I was like, no, but it should be but I'm too scared to make it OnlyFans, if I'm being honest. And I, well, one, that's when I realized I needed to make like a hidden folder on iPhone. So if you have an iPhone, FYI, you can make a little hidden folder that no one sees and it's face protected. (laughs) So do that. But I've just noticed that in taking these photos, it makes me feel really in touch with my body. It allows me to look at myself and be like, damn, I'm sexy. It really boosts my confidence. And then when there is someone to send them to, I think it's so much fun. I love to send a little, I love to send a little nude. I'll be honest too. I am someone who, if my nudes got leaked, I wouldn't care I'm not sending anything where I'm like doing weird stuff, in my opinion. So I think that's something that you need to be comfortable with. But I am like 33 and I'm on Snapchat, totally keeping Snapchat because I like to send a little like frisky Snapchat. And I think it's really fun, especially if you can send like a video. And that just like keeps things spicy and it keeps them alive. And it's like, ooh they're going to open this at work or something. Like that turns me on a little bit to think that they might be sitting at their desk and something just pops up. I'm like, hey, outside of the bedroom, right? Like sending fun nudes. It's something you can do for yourself, but it's also something you can do that your partner is going to love to see. (laughs) Um, And then other things just in terms of like making sure we're in a good relationship where you're going on dates, you're having some romance, like you have physical touch outside of the bedroom. I always say my hottest hot take is that guys who say that their love language is physical touch actually just don't understand how to portray love and they just want sex and they think that that's love because, and this is not for all guys, there's definitely some guys out there who are a physical touch person, but the majority of them, like physical touch is outside of the bedroom as well. It's showing love like in other ways, hand holding, hands on the knee, like being touchy feely. And I think the majority of the men I've encountered are like, oh, my love language is physical touch. I'm like, oh, funny because you're literally only touch me 
embedded naked. Like, no, that's not really your love language. So I think having that more physical touch, like having like a hot makeout in the morning and be like, see you later. Like that gets a little bit of excitement for the day. And I think it's so, so important to remember that our brain is our most powerful sex organ. Like that's where it all starts. So if you can start to like get some ideas in there and personally, I actually think one of the sexiest things is to see someone that you like do something that they're really good at. I think that's part of why people love to see um, a musician or something like that where they're really good, they're performing. But I love in terms of if I'm seeing a guy and he's got to like take a work call and he just goes into like boss mode and they like kind of step away from the date and they're like, I'm going to close this deal kind of thing. I'm like, I like to see that. Like, I like to see like, like you're in control. You're doing something that you're really good at. And that turns me on in a way. So if there's other things, like you could go be doing activities, right? Where you're saying, maybe you're just like playing pickleball and like your significant other's beast at pickleball. They were like winning and doing really hot. I'd be like, oh my God. Like I find that as a turn on for me. And that's not even anything sexual. Other things like... <laughs> Actually, my guy friend makes fun of me all the time. Uh, he's like, says all the time that like I'm into nagging, which I just like to tease people. I'm like a little tough lover. So if I am like teasing someone, like that is to me is like fun little turn on flowers, you know, doing all these things where you're not just only focusing on intimacy in the bedroom. If you have a well-rounded, fulfilled relationship, that is going to make your sex so much better. Think about no one has ever had a one night stand and that very first night and been like, that's the best sex of my life. Because you're lacking that communication. You're lacking all of those other things. Like, yeah, it might be wild and fun and, like, decent, but, like, the best sex of my life is when there's, like, connection and, like, more intimacy there than just that physical. My next tip to start having better sex is to stop defining sex as just P and the V. Stop defining sex as just penis vagina penetration. I think we have this outdated idea that sex is like, oh, guy gets hard, puts it in, and we go until he comes, and then that's when sex is over. But hello, it is 2023, and there are so many other definitions and so many other ways to be intimate. I really think about one of the hottest times that I've had a sexual encounter was actual just mutual masturbation. And it's, oh my god, like really hot. Like, you touch yourself, you watch your partner touch themselves, you both get turned on at this, you both get super satisfied, and then also you get to learn a little bit. Like, you get to watch your partner, like, they're the best at touching themselves, right? So it's like, what do they do? How do they touch themselves so that you can touch them better? I think also just making sure that we realize that sex just doesn't have to be over just because, like, the guy comes, right? Like, girls, you know, I mean, I'm a fan of girls come first, but things like it can continue to go on and make sure that both parties are satisfied. And there's just so many different things in terms of um, different, you know, just oral and like exploration and all of that counts as sex too and doing new things where it's not just like, okay, like put it in, hump a few times, we're done. And talking about mutual masturbation is going to kind of lead into my next topic, which is to have more sex with yourself. 
if you want, you are the person who is in control of your own pleasure. It's not really on your partner. If you don't know how to find your pleasure, they're probably not going to figure it out very well either. Again, another Sex with Emily quote, but she says, write your own user manual. So start exploring with yourself. And I want you to think about when is the last time that you touched yourself just from the form of exploration. I think definitely as women, we masturbate, but a lot of times, and I know I'm guilty of this too, it's like, ugh, I'm stressed out, I'm tired, like I want to get off and like go to bed. And we, you know, go to our go-to, whether it's porn or whether it's like your vibrator or audio porn, and we just kind of do it as fast as we can. But I really want you to think about how can I sit and make some time for myself, make 30 minutes during the week for just sexual exploration and start to get really curious about your own body, your own orgasm, and how you can provide pleasure for yourself. It's really important to remember that for men, it can take an average of four to six minutes to orgasm, but for women, it can take an average of 10 to 40 minutes. So thinking about sitting that time down and being just like really comfortable with yourself and exploring things. I'll tell you one time I did this, like I actually did like a guided masturbation and instead of just going straight to, you know, touching my clitoris, it was a just touch your part of your body that feels like it needs to be touched. And it was a very like sensual practice. And it went on, we did like 10 minutes and then we took a little break and then we did 10 minutes. And the first two rounds, I didn't even touch like my typical, I didn't touch my vulva. I didn't touch my clitoris or anything. I literally just like sat and like I held myself and I touched like my elbow and I touched my collarbone and I touched different parts of myself. And like that really allowed to build the sensation and to feel myself. And so then by the end, when I actually was ready to actually like get off and touch, it was like so powerful and it was just such a different feeling. Um, The other thing I'll definitely share that I'm exploring is I really only get off with clitoral stimulation. I've never gotten off just from penetration. And I really want to explore a little bit more with my G-spot and trying to orgasm from my G-spot. So that's one of, that's the new vibrator I bought to try and hit the G-spot. And basically like sitting down and having some time to explore where it's like, okay, when does this feel good? And maybe it requires, you know, more, typically if you can't orgasm, you need a little bit more blood flow. So maybe is it like, okay, having that clitoral stimulation first and then going in and trying to get the G-spot stimulated and then orgasming from that. But it's something that I'm exploring on my own and I get to find how my body works in that way and I'm not putting that on a partner. So I think that you can just start to like really become the master of your own orgasm and become the master of your own body and it's again it is like it's really the best form of not the best it's really one of the best forms of stress relief guys so having more sex with yourself it's gonna make you be a better partner and have better sex with other people as well when you know what you want now my next tip is be willing to try some new things. So this is obviously gonna require a partner who is open in communication. It's gonna obviously require maybe you to, as we were last time, spending some time with yourself. But there's like a really, a few easy ways I think that you can start to research new things. So one, you could take a BDSM quiz. I will say, (laughs) 
no kink shaming here. The, these questions are definitely very deep into kink. You don't have to be into all of these things that these questions are into, but you can start to see what are things, what things are you into? So for me, some of the things that came up was like rope play or like voyeurism or um, being a brat, <laughs> like different things that I, you might be into in the kink world. And then it'll also show the things that you are very hard not into. So you could do this and then you could also have your partner do this and see if there's anything in overlapping that maybe you guys want to explore together. If the BDSM feels like too much, another thing you can do is a yes, no, maybe checklist. So you can find a lot of these and basically it's a checklist of all these different sexual activities and you would go through yourself and you would say, you know, yes, no, or maybe to are you willing to try these things? And then your partner can go through and they can say yes, no, maybe to what they're willing to try. And then again, cross compare those lists and see what is on there that like, hey, okay, let's, you know, start with one thing and test that out. I think a lot of people will find doing this and like having a list and having some structure to it a little bit easier than just being like, what new thing do you want to try, right? Like having a little bit of a roadmap can be super helpful. Also with that, buying new toys, like just go on and buy something new and just test it out. So if you have ever watched the show How to Build a Sex Room on Netflix, one, I highly recommend the show. It's really interesting. It talks, again, really openly. I love the communication that it brings in between the couples, but it showed me a lot of different things that I had never thought about in terms of sex. And so one of those that I wanted to try out was a flogger, which is basically, I think a lot of people would call it like a whip, but it's a like a whip with the tassels on the end. And I was like, I want to try this out. And so I got one. I talked to my partner. I was like, hey, like, can we use this? And I didn't like it. I don't know. It wasn't my favorite thing. I didn't love it. He, and then he was like, yeah, I didn't really love using that on you. And I like spanking. So I thought that this would be something I would really like, but I think I just like enjoy the sensation of spanking a lot more than the flogger. But I just wanted to share that because it's like, don't be afraid. You don't have to like everything, right? Like there's going to be things that you're going to try out and you're going to be like, eh, that wasn't, that wasn't the best idea, but we're never going to be perfect. And you're never going to know if you don't feel willing to take that next step. I also think it's so important that like people cannot think that like bringing sex toys into the bedroom means that it's inadequate in any other way. It's just a fun ad. You know, I don't have to bring a sex toy in because your penis isn't enough. Like that's not how it is. I also recently bought this little card game. It's made by We're Not Really Strangers, but it's like their XXX version. And I actually haven't had a chance to use it with anyone yet, but I'm excited. And that can be another fun thing where you're going through a card game and it's asking you little questions and you're like, oh, how am I going to answer that? That could be like a really, I mean, in my head, this is where it's going to happen, but I'm going to have a really sexy date night where I'm drinking wine and listening to sexy music. We're listening to Russ Nasty. If you haven't listened to that song, go listen to it now. And we're going to play this game. So, you know, the next man... <laughs> lucky enough to hang out with me. I have a date planned. So thinking about that in terms of like bringing in like new fun toys. And then also I would say, think about what are your fantasies and what are your fantasies that you would actually be willing to participate in? So you could write down like your top three fantasies and share that with your partner. And again, see, Hey, is there anything here that you would like to jump into? I also think it's 
important to think fantasies can just stay fantasies, right? Like they don't have to be something that actually happens, but something, you know, I, I'll be honest, I would love to explore a threesome. I will say I really don't want to explore it in a relationship setting. I can be a little like territorial, but if I had the opportunity where I was either um, like the third person coming in, actually I did match with a married guy on Hinge. Well, I matched with a guy on Hinge. Did not, he added me on Instagram. I knew he had a partner. He's like, oh, we're open for like fun. But he added me on Instagram. They were literally getting married that weekend. And then the wife slid into my DMs. And I feel like normally you hear about this story and you would be like, oh, she slid into your DMs because he's pissed. She's like, she's like, no, she was sliding into my DMs because she thought I was hot too. And then I chickened out. I don't know. I didn't respond. Like, <laughs> but it's definitely like, a fantasy, right? That's a fantasy. A lot of women have a CNC fantasy, which is consensual, non-consensual, or I'll tell you, you guys are about to learn a lot about me. I have this, this other date night idea. I should just, whenever I end up getting a new boyfriend, I'm going to need to just send him this uh, podcast. I really want to do a, like, I really want to go on a date where you would put a vibrator in your panties and then you would give your partner remote control of it and you would kind of be in public and they would be able to control it and no one would know what was going on. That's a huge fantasy for me. Like that really turns me on. So thinking about different things like that and adding them in and you might feel like, oh my God, I would never do these things, but that's okay. You get to decide what you want to try out and just be willing to like feel stupid or, you know, I think, I think that goes back again to picking better people because you be willing to be with someone who doesn't make you feel stupid, <laughs> right? Like these are vulnerable moments. Now, as a health coach, we have to hit on this. If you want to be having better sex, start taking care of your body, period. You want to have better sex, get into the gym. You want to have better sex, make sure your hormones are balanced. All of these things are going to come into play. You don't think that you're going to have better sex if you feel more confident in your body, if you aren't worried about having the lights off, if you're not worried about how you look, that all stems into it. And this isn't about a weight loss or this isn't about having to be a certain size. But when you start to take care of your body, when you feel confident, when you feel strong, you're going to feel sexier. Also, when we lift weights, we build more testosterone. And while testosterone is often thought of as a male hormone, it does drive our sex drive still as women. So we get a lot bigger sex drive if we're lifting weights in the gym. If you are someone who has been on birth control for a really long time, I'm not telling you to get off of it. That's each person's own choice. But understand that birth control is lowering your libido. Birth control is also probably making your vagina a little drier. <laughs> it's also affecting who you're attracted to. And if you're on birth control, you don't have balanced hormones. Like, that's just, you don't. You don't have a normal cycle as a woman where you have your balanced hormones. I'm not even joking when I say that if you want better sex, start taking care of your body, start lifting weights, and that's going to reflect that. Like, I... Like, you're going to feel so much better if you feel confident in your body. If you feel confident in your body, you're going to enjoy someone else exploring your body a lot more. You're not going to be sitting there being like, oh, I have, like, armpit fat or, like, don't look at me, right? It's going to be like, mm, no, 
I'm naked and I look damn good naked and I hope you're checking me out looking damn good naked. So take care of yourself. Make sure that you are, take care of yourself and make sure that you feel really confident because that is going to make you feel so much confident, more confident when you're being vulnerable. I want to wrap this up a little bit with also some of the worst advice I've ever received about having better sex and that is the idea to just do it. I heard this so often, especially when I was struggling in my marriage in terms of like not wanting to have sex. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'll just do it. I'll just say yes, right? And I think that there's an extent of that because I do think that we can kind of connect that sometimes we just, sometimes we do just like get into a slump, right? It's like we get into the slump where we keep skipping the gym and being sexual and being active is going to be something that comes in habit and routine as well, just like being in the gym. But I think where that advice goes wrong is when you are not feeling safe in your relationship and you're not feeling like the sex is a two-way street and you're not feeling, um, you know, that you're necessarily giving consent in that. So if you, it's, I just hate that. I get, I get it where it's like, you know what, maybe just do it with yourself. Get there first. Start doing that. Just start, just start masturbating. Like just start doing that with yourself. But I really don't believe that the answer is to just do it because the guy that you're with wants to. That's not right. Um, And I think that, like, I hear that sometimes and it feels so triggering to me. And I'm sure it can feel really triggering to anyone who maybe has some sexual trauma in their past. Overall, though, guys, I think that just sex is something that we really aren't, you know, we have, like, sex ed in, like, seventh grade. But that's about pregnancy and STDs. It's not about enjoying your sex. So don't be afraid to educate yourself. Don't be afraid to go read books and like learn about our sexual health. I have been on this whole journey and I actually think it's fascinating and I love talking about it and I love learning about it. So porn, most porn these days is such a distorted view of sex. It's really made for that male figure and it's made to look good on camera, but start to look up for ethical porn, like look at ethical porn where women are really enjoying it and it's based towards women. It's not overacted. Um, there's also some really great books I recommend. I love the book Come As You Are. I love um, the book Pussy, A Reclamation. And then also Sex with Emily. I know I've quoted her a couple times. Great, great podcast and she has a book coming out as well. So don't be afraid. Like, I think sex is something we think that we're just supposed to know how to do. Like, it's just a physical act. But if you want to really have fun with it and explore your sexuality, it's something that you can educate yourself on. So I hope you enjoyed these tips. I hope that you kind of dive in. And if you could start anywhere, start with exploring yourself and really start to make yourself feel good and understand that having a sex drive is part of being human. Feeling sexual is totally positive. And I hope as well, I just always think about like, I hope that I am able to, you know, if I have children one day, I can raise them in a way where they see that like they get to feel sexy and powerful in their body. Actually, my three words lately that I've really been driving into is sexy, powerful, and fun. That's how I want to feel and that's what I want to give off. So if you put any of these tips into practice, one, let me know. To if I should just make an OnlyFans with my <laughs> nudes that I'm hiding, someone let me know about that too, because I'm just, I'm just waiting for someone to tell me to do it. Also, three, I would love to know, I feel like if you guys would be interested in something like 
more in-depth reviews on vibrators or sex toys. And then for, oh, and then also I think I'm going to have to probably do a mini episode where I hit on how to give a great blowjob because messy, sloppy, fun blowjobs are going to lead to messy, sloppy, fun sex. So I hope everyone has a fabulous weekend. I hope you all go and get laid and please let me know if you do because I will not be. (laughs) Um, And thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed this kind of podcast, if you enjoyed this episode and these topics where it's a little bit like more scandalous, let me know because I love to talk about them. I love bringing these to you and thank you guys. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon.